Welcome to the One O'ahu Podcast. I'm Brandi Higa, and today is Thursday, November 9th, 2023. And we're joined this week by Matt Gonzer, the city's chief resilience officer and the executive director for the Office of Climate Change, Sustainability and Resiliency, or CCSR. And Matt, we thought it'd be timely to get you on because your office is working on something really exciting, really important right now in the Climate Ready O'ahu Draft. What is that exactly? Great. Yeah, thanks, Brandy. Thanks for having me. Actually, just last week on November the 1st, we've released the city's first ever climate adaptation strategy. And when we talk about climate security, we're talking about two things, eliminating and reducing what is causing climate change, which is the burning of fossil fuels and greenhouse gas pollution. But we know that even if we turned all that off yesterday, there's so much in the system that our environment, our local climate will continue to change and we need to take actions also to prepare ourselves for those changes. So what exactly is Climate Ready Oahu and, and how can folks get involved? How can they have a say? Climate Ready Oahu, folks have already had a lot to say, actually, over the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. You know, multiple rounds of island-wide surveys, direct in-person engagement, a little bit of difficulty through the COVID pandemic in terms of how we could engage people directly. Right. We made sure to slow down so that we could connect with people in place to talk about these pressing issues, to learn about what they've experienced, to see what they're thinking about in terms of increasing temperature, sea level rise, coastal erosion, impacts that they might have had from too much rainfall or even too little rainfall, Mm -hmm. because drought is another climate risk hazard. And how do we weave all of this together to really chart a course and set a vision, a vision that's also hopeful, because climate change can be very heavy, it can be very overwhelming, but once we understand what is happening and think through the solutions, we can all feel more prepared, more empowered, and then continue in this coalition towards our commitments to become climate ready. And so you keep saying climate change, we kind of know what that is, but what is climate adaptation? So climate adaptation is taking proactive steps and measures to prepare for increasing changes to our climate. So if we look back even 100 years, we've already measured 8 to 10 inches of sea level rise just at the Honolulu Harbor tide gauge. Mm -hmm. We've seen declining rainfall, we've measured increasing temperatures, and a whole variety of other changes. That's historical. We've already experienced that We've measured it, it's documented, we've observed it, we've lived through some of those impacts. But we also know with really good science developed locally here with great experts through the University of Hawaii, what it could look like in the near and mid and long term. You know, 30 years from now, we're already gonna be into the 2050s, right? This, this stuff is, is um, potentially going to be very impactful for people in places all around the island, the environment of those places and how that environment helps support us as a community, but also for us as local government. We have infrastructure and we wanna be able to continue to provide services to community, make sure that they're safe and healthy and thriving into the future. So the notion around Climate Ready Oahu is setting this vision and the vision is is focused on three parts, Um, empowered and prepared people, stewarded and safe aina, and uh, safe and reliable infrastructure. So really thinking across those three parts of people, place, and infrastructure. You know, you said something kind of interesting, places that get too much rain and then places, of course, that don't get enough rain. I'm sure you've gotten this question over the last three months, but concerns about dry conditions and fires. What are the kind of questions that are coming into your office and how are you responding? Yeah, so a lot of the questions around fire and, and some of the potential misunderstanding or confusion, you know, climate is not causing 
climate change is not causing the fires. Okay. Unfortunately, we know through historical data and even recent experiences that a lot of the ignitions are human caused, sometimes unintentional, sometimes intentional. And that's very unfortunate. But the changes to our environment as a result of climate change are more fuel for increasing risk from fire. So we mentioned prolonged drought. You know, we have measured a decline in rainfall over the past 50 plus years. There's uh, science that says we can experience or anticipate prolonged periods of drought into the future, particularly on leeward sides of the island. And all of that can be more um, risk for something like fire. So even though in the climate ready Oahu, there isn't a specific identification of wildfire as a climate risk, it's the conditions that set up the, the increasing challenges or opportunities for fires to spread. Okay. And so, you know, we look at climate adaptation, but what are some examples of climate adaptation strategies? Yeah, so I like to think about increasing temperatures and heat in particular, because it, it really helps break down that there's only so many ways we can address something like it getting hotter outside, right. both during the day and at night. We can either, well, first and foremost, across all of this, there is no climate change adaptation without climate action. And when we say climate action, we're talking about the ways that we eliminate, reduce and eliminate carbon pollution. Because if we're unable to really get a handle on that locally, nationally, and globally, it will become that much more difficult and challenging to adapt to the changes of climate. So we're really fortunate that uh, through Mayor Blegiardi's leadership, the city adopted its first ever climate action plan in 2021. And we need to keep full throttle on that work. But again, focusing on that we've already experienced changes and there's more changes to our local environment as a result of climate change, increasing temperatures is one that's, that's really going to become more challenging for us. But again, there's only so many ways you can do that. You either don't let the sun shine in by creating shade so that um, hard, impervious, dark surfaces uh, don't absorb that heat and then release it at night. Um, so you can create shade, you create reflective surfaces, but even through all of that, we might have something like a heat wave. So if the temperature is going this way, which we know it is, we need to do all that we can to buffer against increasing temperatures. But there might be an event like a heat wave and we need education, we need opportunities to keep people cool and safe during the day. That might be at the mall, maybe you go to the movie, maybe you go to the beach, although the beach has exposure when you're out in the environment. So what we're trying to do through Climate Ready Oahu uh, is really inventory those things that we already know are the right solutions, highlight work that's already underway. No one's been waiting for this adaptation strategy mm -hmm. to do the things that we know is needed. But we also know we need more coordination, mm -hmm. more commitment to a whole slew of strategies and actions across these five main hazards of sea level rise and coastal erosion, increasing temperatures and heat waves, too much water, we talk about flash flooding, prolonged drought or decreasing precipitation, and something like a hurricane, which really brings three risks uh, of high wind, high waves, and heavy rainfall. And actually a story just released um, a couple of weeks ago from research at the University of Hawaii highlights that across the globe, we're seeing high risk category four and five hurricanes coming earlier in the season because the air is warmer and the waters are warmer. And those are the two things that fuel hurricanes.
You know, when you talk about that, and, and there's something similar when I look at the Climate Ready Oahu. Um, on the website, it takes us through Oahu's climate risks and the assessments that were done. Can you talk about that? What, what, was, what was done? So we're very fortunate that we have tremendous uh, local data. I mentioned more than 100 years of yeah. data at the Honolulu Harbor Tide Gauge. We have great research and science from the University of Hawaii and local experts that actually contribute to the national climate assessment. But the city also has our own climate change commission, and they produce really foundational guidance documents that inform myself, inform the administration and city council on the most localized downscaled science to address climate risks. And they, in 2018, produced a climate change brief and actually updated it just this year in 2023, because even in five years, the science is evolving, they're clearer on near-term expectations and unfortunately around some of the increasing risks. But within Climate Ready Oahu, we had a research consultant team help us look through the science and what's already out there, but also engage with departments to help learn from them what are they experiencing out in the field, what are they concerned about in terms of delivery of services or impacts to their infrastructure, and through a, a matrix of what is uh, the likelihood and consequence of any one of these hazards? How does that equate to risk? And the distinction that we need to make in the climate risk realm is that sometimes things are stresses. So increasing temperature mm -hmm. changes the baseline condition into the future. Sea level rise changes what is known out there and can allow waves to come further inland. But we also have events, which we call shocks, like a hurricane is a shock. Um, but we know climate change is increasing both stresses and shocks. So through this risk assessment of, of likelihood and consequence, really sea level rise and temperature ranked number one and two, mostly because we are very certain where it's going into the mid and latter half of this century. It doesn't mean a hurricane is not as impactful. It's just less certain that we will be directly impacted on this island as a result of it. So across all of this, we looked at physical impacts, social and mental impacts, economic impacts, and built all of that into the kinds of solutions and strategies that we have to prepare for. And so with this information, what happens next? What do you do with that? Yeah, so I mentioned that uh, within the strategy, we're also highlighting work that's underway. We want to demonstrate and, and help celebrate near-term efforts because we need to continue to show progress and commitment on the risks that we know about. It would, it would be all well and good to highlight and, and wave the flag of the sky is falling, um, but we also need to, to prove and demonstrate and validate the community feedback right. towards the solutions. So really leading with the community input and also empowering what households and communities can do. Climate is, is massive. Government can't do it all. It can't be expected that business will solve and tackle everything, and the burdens can't be just on families and households either. Really weaving in these people, places, and things concept within Climate Ready Oahu is where we hope to elevate and empower action, set this vision for strategies that probably will never have fully accomplished. We're hoping that the strategies are these kind of evergreen principles that we'll need to continue to address through specific actions moving forward. And then where we can and where most appropriate, even share um, what, as I mentioned, households and individuals can do to address um, some of those risks and challenges. 
So what can they do? Because it sounds like a daunting task. Like you said, it's not all on individuals or families, mm -hmm. but what kind of little things do you tell people, you know, hey, you can do this, it's simple, it's easy. Yeah, so one of the, the most foundational things is just talking about climate more and pr really appreciate the opportunity to share in any way, shape or form the work that's underway and the work that community con continues to contribute to. Awareness and education is one way to break down some of the gloom and doom or uncertainty. Mm -hmm. um, but then, what can you do specifically? Um, so looking at heat again as an issue, or even something like flooding, there's a lot of tweaks or modifications that can be done to households, um, even signing up for early warning systems through the city. We, through the HNL Info app, deploy a lot of information, even things like high tide flooding, um, there was a recent notice that went out. Mm -hmm. Though it was very early in the morning, it was important to share that awareness that um, in these winter months, we have high tide flooding when there's, there's full moons and alignment um, with the tides. Uh, that awareness can then also in, uh, empower folks to take the steps to either um, think about potential strategies for flood proofing their buildings, thinking about where they may or may not want to invest moving forward, um, and really unleashing and empowering people with information along with some of those specific actions to stay safe across those different hazards. You know, Matt, this isn't the first time we heard the words climate ready Oahu. Um, the last one that was implemented or the, you know, the last time that we, we heard this, what kind of difference did that make? So this actually is the city's first ever consolidated um, climate adaptation strategy, which we're, we're calling climate ready. Oahu, you know, if you look across any of the community plans, we have development and sustainable community plans. The city has a general plan. We have a hazard mitigation plan to address um, what we used to call natural hazards, but frankly, we now know are more climate-induced risks and climate hazards. Um, climate is magnifying that stuff that we knew was out there already and making it uh, more frequent, more impactful. Um, so the, this, this notion around, hey, we are an isolated community, we have um, limited resources and connectivity, how do we think about being as locally resilient as possible for those changes that are coming to our shoreline? That's been woven into the ethos of Aloha Aina, Malama Aina, um, and indigenous knowledge. That's part and parcel of how community understands our place in the state and in the Pacific, and we're here to elevate and really make more specific and tac um, actionable a value statement or a policy statement. What does that mean for an infrastructure investment? What does that mean for supporting all of the community leadership that are already out there doing things like ecological and cultural restoration? The more robust those systems are, the better prepared we will be to um, potentially buffer any kind of event or shock. So it really does go across, as I mentioned, um, empowered people, stewarded land, and safe and reliable infrastructure, and continuing to elevate and talk about it in that fashion so that we can stay focused on the investments and the community support that we need to provide. So when it comes to this action plan, when it comes to even the sustainability report, what kind of gains have you seen being made, at least here in the city? Yeah, so I, I'm really excited by um, the leadership that I'm seeing in community and in departments. You know, we're, we're actually a, a relatively young office. It was through the courage and the wisdom of the voters 
in 2016 to establish new government. That's not always mm -hmm. easy to do, right? But there was a moment in time where people were seeing impacts to other island communities, seeing challenges for some of our, our island brothers and sisters in the Pacific or even in the Caribbean from impacts that they were seeing. How do we really weave together a coherent approach and, and not assume that we have it all figured out? Because we don't. Climate Ready Oahu doesn't also have it all figured out. As I mentioned, those strategies are, are kind of high level, but they're clear, open, and honest about steps that we need to take to address the climate risks. And one of the reasons Mayor was really um, uh, forthright in this new administration of really driving home the point on adaptation is because it's never too soon to start. We know how long it can take to do a project get community and government support and align resources to act on any challenge. And we need to get that vision out there and, and really have this coherent message around actions and steps that we can take to address climate. We've sat down with CCSR before this office, but this is our first time getting you on the One Oahu podcast. So for those who aren't familiar, if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you, where were you before this? How long have you been with this office? And why? Why are you still here? <laughs> yeah, why am I still here? If not this, what else would I be doing? I mean, this is this is the work of the time, and, and we're really fortunate to have so many mission-driven um, members in the team and in the whole of the city and demonstrating leadership out in community. But I've actually just, uh, last month, I've been with the office and with the city six years. Um, I was one of the early team members when the office was first uh, created and staffed up in 2017. Prior to that, I worked at the University of Hawaii in the Sea Grant College program. So that's a unit that does research, outreach, and education. And that, that method and that model for how you work with people and engage in issues in space, I've really um, tried to bring that into the work that we do. I'm, I'm acutely interested in connecting people with information, connecting people with people, and, and turning information into action. I come from a family of educators. Um, both my parents were um, teachers and my dad was a, a vice principal in the school district that I went to. So he was actually my middle school assistant principal. <laughs> so this, this notion about um, really uh, empowering people with information and opportunity was, was just part of my, my upbringing. And whether or not I internalized it, I'm sure they you know, infiltrated my mind as a, as a youth growing up as well. But I'm not from here. I come from also an island community, Long Island, New York, where as a kid, I also observed and learned about some of the environmental changes as a result of what we do on land, how we move about community, and what were the consequences for people in place and the environment of those places. So I, I've just always been interested in natural resources, environmental systems, and how we as communities have come to occupy space over time. Because frankly, those are rules. And if the rules aren't um, setting ourselves up for success, we have the power to, to change those things and to put ourselves on a better and different course. And that's, that's really what we're in the mode for climate adaptation. We're in reaction mode, unfortunately. We're reacting to conventional wisdom of the past, potentially not really understanding the challenges at the time. Um, but now it's, it's unequivocal that humans have um, cause changes to climate, that we are driving climate change through the burning of fossil fuels and the carbon pollution and other emissions. Um, and we can take action 
to ensure that we have thriving, safe, prosperous communities into the future. But also, there's a lot that wasn't working for people already. So when we're doing climate action and doing climate change adaptation, it's also an opportunity to not just prepare for the worst, but to improve upon community environmental conditions. Right, but when you say climate adaptation or climate action, not everyone gets as excited as you are. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you navigate that? It's true, and, and I think one of the, the potential challenges, but really opportunities through Climate Ready Oahu is to remind folks that it's, it's not just a tomorrow issue. It will become increasingly an issue tomorrow, but as I mentioned, we already have more than 100 years worth of data that shows changes to our environment locally, changes as a result of climate change, and the impacts that that has had to industry, to businesses, to households, to communities, to government. Um, and there are ways to reduce risk, avoid damages and losses, uh, keep more money on island through renewable energy. And these are things that are important to people today. Um, so as much as we have a responsibility to look forward into the future and take the steps now so that we can be successful tomorrow, there's additional opportunities for people to think about how these um, climate change impacts and opportunities are relevant to them today, whether it's the rail and clean green transportation and more housing for more walkable communities. Whether you lean in on that as climate action or just lean in on that as safer, healthier people, whole connected communities, more um, enduring local businesses, it's all related. Um, it just depends on the crowd and, and who, you know, what their, their lead line is for the message. Well, Matt, thank you for your time. Is there anything we missed? So, as I mentioned, you know, we just released the draft last week. Um, if you go to climatereadyoahu.org, that is where we are directing folks to provide direct comments and feedback. Um, we have already been around the island at farmers markets, um, community fairs, but we have more uh, programs coming up. Um, so follow us at Resilient Oahu. That's our social media handle. You can see the upcoming programs through the 18th. You know, we're all over the place. We're in Kaimuki, we're in Kailua, we're in Kaneohe, we're in Kapole, we're in Waianae, we're in Mililani, we're in Wailua. We're, we're going everywhere that we can to re-engage community because this is not the first. As I mentioned, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. We've made sure to slow down and be deliberate in the engagement through the difficulties with COVID. Uh, and we're super excited to reorient people, validate what we heard, and demonstrate that we're committed to taking action on the challenges that we see. Sorry, I just have one more. You know, when you get excited about this, it is a little bit infectious. Um, you know, you said your parents are both educators. Um, what was their reaction to the career path that you're on now and you taking this executive director role? Huh, mom's proud. <laughs> uh, dad uh, is equally proud. Um, and again, you know, the work that we do, the work that we're trying to validate is really through whole of community approaches. Um, I feel a grave responsibility to, to make this work important because voters said we want to create an Office of Climate Change, Sustainability, and Resiliency. It's not easy. You know, we're similarly trying to navigate success, bring resources to bear for the work. But I think through the community-driven visions, whether it's the resilience strategy in 2019, the climate action plan in 2021, or this Climate Ready Oahu strategy in 2023, 
the work is in front of us, so let's go. You're their favorite kid? I'm the youngest kid, let's just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Brandy. And thank you for listening. If you have a question for Mayor Rick Blangiardi, Matt Gonzer, any of the departments here in the city and county of Honolulu, you can submit your podcast questions by heading to oneoahu.org slash podcast. And until next time, aloha.